Hello, and welcome back to Real Big Mistakes, where we reassess the critics' opinions of movies and decide if they made the right call or not. I am Jason Konigsberg of PanandSlam.com. And I am Rich Tola. And this week, I picked the movie, and I picked King Ralph from 1991, uh, a comedy uh, movie starring John Goodman and uh, Peter O'Toole. And Rich, did you figure out why I picked this movie? Um, I, I, I Listen, I, I don't follow other countries' politics very closely. I barely even follow our country's politics very closely. So I'm assuming it was because of the fact that, you know, the overall... Um, he he doesn't like the responsibilities of in the movie. John Goodman's character doesn't like the responsibilities of being king, um, because he feels like he can't be himself. And I'm assuming that is tied to you know the recent. I know there was a recent Oprah interview with um Harry and Meghan, right? Yep. There's, yep. And Meghan Markle, names. exactly. Yeah. Yep. So I'm assuming that's why, and and, and that's my only. My only okay. guess. This film does thematically tie in with uh, the. I, I haven't watched the Oprah interview, but I mean, just being on social media or just going online to check my email, you can't avoid it. Um, so I heard about it through that way. Like I, I mean, I follow uh, Simpsons uh, memes on Instagram, and it, they're just filled the past couple of weeks with uh, Harry and Meghan and Oprah images. You know, where Simpsons. Uh, characters faces and words replaced over over their uh faces so yeah you couldn't get away with that both involve an american ascending to royalty or to the throne in some form or another and so yeah that was the main reason why i picked it but there was also another reason there was a recent movie that premiered on amazon prime i'm not sure if you saw it and it was a sequel, a must, much uh, inferior sequel to the original film uh, th- that it was a sequel to. And it involves royalty, and it kind of borrowed a little bit from the plot of this movie more than borrowing from the plot of the original film. Do you know what movie I'm talking about? Oh, well, yeah, I do. And if, if Eddie Murphy has stooped to borrowing the plot of King Ralph, then he's really gotten... Somewhat. Yeah, somewhat. It's, 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 they're, they're similar. I'll just say that. You'll, you'll watch it. You'll say, oh, okay. It's not nearly as good as the original okay. Coming to well, America. Well, yeah, so the movie you're talking about is Coming it, to America. Coming to America. Yeah, I hate that title. That coming called? to, the number two, America. So instead of Coming okay. to T.O., yeah, really, I, I think it's stupid. But the movie was a big letdown. It just wasn't funny. And Eddie Murphy, as talented as he and Arsenio Hall are, and they really play on the nostalgia, it's not very... Very good. So those are the two reasons why King Ralph was sort of on my mind uh, a lot a week ago. Is is McDowell's restaurant referenced in any way? Yes, and actually there's one scene in coming, I don't recommend coming to America too, uh, but there is one scene uh, where it actually involves character and not just coasting on nostalgia or forwarding the plot uh, that shows um, uh, Eddie Murphy's Prince Akeem mopping the floor one night because he's just alone and thinking at McDowell's and he has a really good heart-to-heart conversation with John Amos, the uh, manager, owner of McDowell's and that was a really good five-minute scene just between the two actors. 
And that's all I can say that's good about coming to America, too. <laughs> yeah, it, it's not funny, but it's like, wow, they're, they're both really good actors, and it's a really good, you know, character-driven uh, scene. And the rest of it is just, uh, skip it, okay? There's there's no reason yeah. to watch it, so, um, yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, I feel like they've kind of, I know we're getting a little sidetracked here, but I feel like they've kind of missed, I feel like at a certain point, why bother with a sequel? You know, I agree. I, I, yeah, I, and comedy and, sequels and are many... so difficult to do. For some reason, it's just, right. it's really tough to capture. To making a comedy, I guess, is so hard. It's like capturing lightning in a bottle, and then to do it twice is really really difficult. Uh, so when you look back at like Caddyshack yeah. two, um, I mean, uh, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, uh, Anchorman two, which I didn't hate, but whatever. Zoolander two, I also didn't hate, but they're both you know. Unnecessary. Unnecessary and vastly uh, inferior to the originals. So, yeah, it's it's a tough call. So, it's tough yeah. tough to do that. Um, all right, yeah, so that makes sense why you picked this movie. I feel like you put more thought into the movies you pick in terms of the current situation or current times or... Um, this one I what, definitely did. If yeah, there's a holiday yeah, around. Yeah, that time, I try to do that to make it somewhat. My, yeah. my movies, it's just like, what do I feel like talking about? Okay, this week? but um, well, your yeah, you do seem to pick I mean, uh, things that are somewhat relevant to something. Well, Predator Two, I picked as a reaction to. Um, the movie you picked, Indiana, Indiana Jones. Jones 4, yeah. yeah. Uh, this is not in any way a reaction to uh, the movie you picked, uh, Great Gatsby, uh, last week. No. So I, I guess it involves someone coming from nothing and then all of a sudden surrounded by wealth and money and everything you could imagine. But other than that, there really is no comparison. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. All right. Um, so this movie came out in 1991. Um it is um, on the Rotten Tomatoes meter. It is 27%, which is definitely rotten. And it also has an audience score of 27%. So the audience and critics alike uh, kind of agree on this one. Um, so let's talk about 1991. Um, I don't think we talked about that year yet. So what was the uh, what, what was the what were the big movies that? Well, year? I, we start off we usually with what was the best picture of 1991, and the best picture of 1991 was Silence of the Lambs, which ironically or interestingly came out February of 1991, the same weekend as King Ralph. So both those movies came out the same weekend. One went on wow. to be a modest hit. King Ralph was a moderate hit at the box office. It made maybe like, it cost like 20-something million. It made like 30 or 40-something million. So it was, a, you know, it wasn't a flop by any means um, financially. Uh, but Silence of the Lambs was a big box office hit. And as we all know, that, you know, went on to be the, a year, over a year later in March of 1992. It swept the Oscars, the big five at the Oscars. It's one of only three movies to win Best Picture, Director, Actor, Actress, and Screenplay. So Silence of the Lambs is, you know, that was a huge... Uh, huge hit you know critically and financially and deservedly so i think it's the best psychological thriller yeah. i watched it recently for its 30th anniversary um back in february and i thought it was fantastic so it holds, uh, holds up. up it holds definitely. up very very well um other um, wait, what were we gonna say? i was just gonna say that's that's surprising that that came out in february um because you know i always say feb january and february is, is 
Well, let's put it this way. King Ralph is a movie that's... Correct. Yes. Um, okay, I agree with that. So I'm this, gathering you didn't like King Ralph too much, just from this... Well, no, we'll talk okay. about it. Okay, you're like, um, I don't... Because that's one thing that I never know. Rich will never tell me what he thinks of the movies he sees before. Well, him. I think that, that, that helps... That helps the conversation? Podcast, okay, all right, Because yeah. you're right. Although you do try. I do you try to get you to... I try to... I'll, I'll give him a text or I'll give him I something. Refuse. And he's just like, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it Saturday. Uh, so, yeah. Yep. So he does yes. do that. I'll uh, say that. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So King Ralph is what February movies are made for. However... Um, very surprising Silence of the Lambs came out. I agree. And especially in 1991, this was a time where, uh, you know, it was January, February, March. They were dumping grounds. And if movies had a hit on their hands, they were like, yay, woohoo. I don't think that anyone involved in making Silence of the Lambs or the studio Orion that released it thought it was going to win Best Picture or, you know, become this, you know, awards juggernaut that it was. Um, but, uh, and at the time, it was the first and only movie for a long time that won Best Picture and was out on videotape, home video, by the time the Oscars came around. Because normally, the movies are still playing or just released with a wide release back then in, you know, January, February, uh, that are, you know, get, getting a lot of attention around the Oscar time. So, yes, that was very unusual. That was an anomaly, and I, it mm-hmm. certainly, you know, has not happened uh, since in, in a so, long time. So what movies were released at Oscar season that it beat out? Um, well, my favorite movie of 1991 I wrote down was uh, JFK, the Oliver Stone film about the mm-hmm. Kennedy assassination. Uh, yeah, great, great, great movie. movie. I mean, it's it's three and a quarter hours, but I swear it's the fastest three and a quarter it hour movie by. you'll ever watch. Even though he does a lot of back and to the left over and over again, and you watch that, you know, on repeat, it, it's, it's a fascinating movie. And once again, not historically accurate, but accurate with how it captures how Americans feel about the government then dealing with the Kennedy assassination and we believe there's a conspiracy or we haven't been told the whole truth by the government and it captures how Americans feel about other aspects of their government um, so that mm-hmm. was that was a big movie uh, that won a couple of Oscars but Oliver Stone also at that time had already just won two Best Director Oscars for Platoon and Born on the Fourth of July so giving him a third one in a span of like five years it seemed a little, you know, <laughs> too much all at once. Even yeah. though JFK and those other movies he directed are fantastic movies. He was on quite a hot streak there um, in, in the 80s mm-hmm. and 90s. Uh, another big one that came out that year, one of my other favorite movies of the year that's worth mentioning, uh, and it was a financial hit, Boys in the Hood. Uh, Boys in the Hood was, yeah. yeah, very good movie, very powerful movie, and it, you know, made history for two reasons. Uh, John Singleton, the writer-director, became the uh, first African-American to get a Best Director nomination, and the youngest, okay, uh, and still to this date, he was only 23 when he wrote and directed uh, Boys in the Hood, and he is still to date the youngest person to ever uh get a Best Director nomination. So two records there oh, for wow. John Singleton, exactly, who sadly passed away, I think, three or four years ago, a couple of years ago. I think he had a, a stroke or something. It was very sudden. Uh, he, he died the mm. same to- around the same time that Luke Perry died, and they were both in their 50s. They were both around the same age. 
So, yeah, yeah, yeah. so Boys in the Hood was a big one. Uh, other Oscar movies, off the top of my head, Prince of Tides with uh, the Barbara Streisand Nick Nolte movie, that was a big one. Yeah, I Actually, I am not a Barbara Streisand fan, but that movie is a very good, powerful drama. And it has George Carlin in a rare, dramatic role, actually. Uh, uh, that's why you like it. I like it to begin. Well, okay. He's <laughs> Okay, he's not well. He's not doing his George Carlin shtick, that's for sure. Um, other big movies of 1991, summer movies. The highest grossing movie of the year was Terminator 2, uh, which we talked about a little bit on the Predator 2 uh, podcast. Uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, huge box office star, and this was his biggest box office hit ever. Uh, James Cameron directed that. There was also Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, which came out in the summer of 1991. So uh, Kevin Costner had a big year with that and JFK. Um, so, and I think 19. 1991 was also the year one of the Best Picture nominees uh, made history. It was the first animated movie to receive an Academy Award nomination for Best Picture. Do you know what movie it was for 1991? I'm going to guess that it was Beauty and the you Beast. You are right. It was Beauty and the Beast. Absolutely. So some Deservedly pretty, so. I, yeah, it's a great movie. So some pretty you know big movies from 1991 came out there. And uh, I believe all of those came out much later in the year, November, December, or you know, wide release maybe in January um, around mm-hmm. that time, other than the summer blockbusters. So yeah, 1991 was a pretty solid year for film. All right. Um, yeah, so let's get... Uh... Let's get into this movie a little well, bit. Do, do um, you, are you familiar with the writer-director of this movie? I am not at all. Okay, well, I'll um, give you a little background on him that you might find interesting. David David Sward. I call him David Sward, too, just like Sean Connery on Celebrity Jeopardy. <laughs> that, that's why. <what laughs> okay, we're that. both, all right. We both, it's S-words, <laughs> words that begin with the letter S. Yes, David S. Ward, but I do call him, and I did not know Rich also would say that. I, oh, oh, I don't call him okay, that. Okay, because you never think about him, but yeah, I call him David right. Sward. Uh, he actually won an Oscar. He won an Academy Award all the way back in 1973. I believe for writing the sting uh, with Paul Newman and Robert Redford. Oh yeah, good yeah, heist that, movie, yeah. very good. You know, mm-hmm. uh, uh, good movie. Uh, I haven't seen it in a long time, but uh, that was a, yeah, yeah that was a big movie like, yeah. from 1973. Uh, he also directed a couple of movies that I like that I also know you like. He wrote and directed Major League. Oh yes, all right. okay. I did not know that. And he like and he movie. wrote and di- directed a movie that we mentioned or we talked about fairly recently, I think, Down Periscope. Oh yes, I like that one very much. Okay, too. the Kelsey Grammer, the, his you know one when he tried to you know play off of Frasier and become a movie star and it didn't work out. It wasn't a big hit, but I no, but it was I think funny. that's an enjoyable. I think movie. it's a I mean, very it's not, funny. I, movie. I wouldn't call it a good movie but i think you know in terms of you know great movies but it's definitely an enjoyable i would say it's one of the top five rob schneider movies for sure especially rob schneider without adam sandler (laughs) okay so i would definitely say it's uh one of his his hmm. best bigger roles. Maybe we'll talk about that one one day. I don't know what it's Rotten Tomatoes. It's score is. probably not good. I think we looked it up, probably or I looked it up. Good. It's it's not very good, as as you would expect. But I do enjoy that. I do enjoy that movie. William H Macy. Yes, in that's it. right. Um, Bruce Stern and um, Bruce Stern is in it. Yeah, uh, Lauren Holly, who was very popular at the time. That was her fresh yeah, Jim Carrey, fresh wife. off Dumb and Dumber. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. uh, Rob Schneider, Harlan Williams, whom I really really like. Uh, I wish he was in movies more often. I haven't seen him in a movie in quite some time. Uh, I don't remember which one he is. Harlan, you know who he is as an actor, though, right? 
No. Oh, do you ever see Dumb and Dumber? He's the guy. He drinks the urine in the uh, beer bottle. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the sonar. Guy. Yeah, he's yes, he's sonar, and he also is. Uh, he he pops up in a lot of Fairly Brothers movies. He was in there. Something about Mary. Ben Stiller picked him up. He was the hitchhiker with the dead body. Oh yeah, yeah so. he kills somebody. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So the, he was the seven. Okay. I didn't seven know, minute I didn't know abs. His name, yeah, seven minute yeah. abs. I think that was him. Uh, yeah. that, that sums up his whole career. Yeah. Right oh, okay. He he was good though. I always liked seeing him pop up in movies. So, yeah. alrighty. Um. All right. So he's so. All right. I, I. I. You know what? I was gonna look up the the director, and I thought. Um. I had never heard of him. I was like, he probably never directed anything else again yeah. after this. But I'm wrong. He did a few like other a things, and you just yeah, and he has an Oscar uh, on his shelf, which yeah, uh, the rest of his other movies in his filmography don't really, you know, sound Oscar caliber. <laughs> so. Um, yeah. Right. All right. Um, so yeah. So this movie is about. Um, well, the synopsis is that when the royal family is accidentally killed, the heir to the throne proves to be a loudish American named Ralph Jones, played by John Goodman. Overnight, Ralph goes from sleazy Las Vegas lounge singer to King of England, and it's uh, sorry, and it's royal secretary Cedric Willingham's Peter O'Toole's job to try to civilize him. It's not easy weaning Ralph off of fast food and even harder keeping him away from a kindly stripper played by Camille Kodori. Uh, meanwhile, the next would-be heir, played by John Hurt, plots Ralph's demise. And this is the second John Hurt movie we've done in three or four weeks? Or the second one in this podcast, yeah, so. And, um regardless of what i feel about this movie he was much better in this movie than he was in indian youth okay well we'll, um, we'll talk about him a little bit later because i i have some interesting things to say about some of the actors so maybe you hate him in this movie yeah. I, I think he was underutilized but we can that, talk about that's him. for sure um, i agree with you on that uh john, sorry so the movie stars john goodman like we said in in as, as king ralph um peter o'toole um, who has been in many famous movies, most notably probably Lawrence of Arabia. I mean, is there another that we, you can think of? Off the top of my head, I mean, that's the one. That, that was what made him a star, yeah. and that was, I mean, it's yep. one of the biggest uh, epics and one of the, you know, most classic yeah. movies of all time. Yeah, so, but he was in personally, many, many, that, many, many That's other all I know movies. him from, but I know he's been in many others, but personally, that, that's what I know yeah. him from, and I... And and uh, and I guess this movie. And when he passed away, I don't think King Ralph was on a lot of his highlight reels. Uh, but uh, I'm sure it yeah, wasn't. I mean, he he was in a really good movie. You could check this out on HBO Max uh, for anyone else listening. It's called The Stuntman. He was nominated. He was Peter O'Toole was 0 for seven or 0 for eight at the Oscars, and he was always bitter about that. Even when he got his Lifetime Achievement Award, I remember he stood up there and he said, "I still want to win one. I still want." And he did get nominated a few years later for a movie called Venus, but he lost. Um, it wasn't particularly that good. He was good, but the movie yeah. wasn't good. Uh, but yeah, there's a movie called The Stuntman, where he's like this maverick, hotshot director uh, trying to make this movie. It, it's it's funny and dark, and you know it's pretty invigorating. Uh, I, I do recommend that. That's probably other than um, other than Lawrence of Arabia. That's probably my favorite Peter O'Toole role okay. that I've seen. Um. John Hurt, we know from, uh, we talked about Indiana Jones 4. Um, however, he is also most notably, probably, probably his most famous role is from Alien, right? Which I he mean, spoofed in a movie that we both love, Spaceballs. Yes, yes. I would say John yes. Hurt, when I hear John Hurt, the first thing that pops in my head is probably Alien. 
So, but he's too, he's yeah. been he's a character actor who was in the Harry Potter movies. He was in just right. so many other. I always loved his voice. I think he has a great voice. He's got the kind of voice I could listen to him narrate almost anything. Uh, he was nominated for an Oscar. Actually, the same year Peter O'Toole was for the Stuntman. He was nominated for Best Actor for the Elephant Man, and they both lost mm-hmm. deservedly so to Robert De Niro for Raging Bull. So uh, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. So. Um. Camille Kadori, I don't know. I've never seen else. her in anything else. I've never yeah. seen or heard of no. her before. Um, and then other than that, it's a lot of British act. I mean, they're all British actors, yeah. really, except for except John, for John Goodman. Goodman um, yeah. And then um, the only other notable actor that I know of from seeing anything else was Julian Glover, ah, yes. um, who plays um, Donovan in Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade and also plays... Oh, I should know this. Somebody, uh, one of the admirals in Star Wars. Yeah, I don't know. It's a much smaller role. Yeah, his biggest role was Last Crusade. He was the main villain in Indiana Jones in the Last Crusade. But he did have a small part early on in Hoth with the giant robot camels. And when they attack the rebel base uh, in uh, in Empire. 15 years ago, I could tell you his name like it was nothing. But I I can't remember. I don't remember his character's name, but I know the scene. (laughs) I know. Yeah, I know the scene. Uh, He was also the main villain in the 19th. 1981 James Bond movie for your eyes only, which we mentioned before because Spielberg was in talks to direct that and possibly going to direct. Oh, I that. didn't know he was a but Bond he turned him, Yeah, he had, he looked the same. Yeah, ch- check out for your eyes only. It's a good Roger Moore. Uh, uh, he Bond was movie. also in Game of Thrones. He mm. was um, the the Meister um, in King's Landing. I don't remember his name, but he was in almost every season. I think until the last one or something okay like that, i but. vaguely remember him from king of thrones i, I yeah, watched the show a, he, but he i wasn't real old like a wizard something. he looked like an old, old okay, wizard okay. long white hair okay um and also you, you forgot to mention there's one other person you can mention uh jolie richardson she's the princess uh, princess anna that uh john goodman is supposed to yeah marry. i didn't know her from anything else she's oh she's popped up in so many things uh, i'm trying to th- i think she was oh, okay. in the american version of the girl with the dragon tattoo um, I think she was uh, she was in I think she was in the 101 Dalmatians with Glenn Close and Jeff Daniels. I think oh, okay. she was like Jeff Daniels's wife in that movie. Um, I could... was she um she's the one that like looked like Princess Diana. Correct. Right? They in tried to movie. make her look exactly like Princess Diana. It was yeah okay. yeah she yeah. they clearly tried to make her look like that. The one person you didn't mention though, John Goodman though, some consideration or some special attention should be made because this was the first leading film role for John Goodman. Because he had become, he was, you know, acting in movies. He was in the Coen Brothers movie, uh, Raising Arizona before this. He was a coach in Revenge of the Nerds before this. Uh, but, of course, Roseanne at the time, late 80s and throughout the 90s. Yeah. This was right in the middle. Was one of the, right the yeah, it was one of, of the biggest yeah. shows on TV. Very successful show, and that sort of made John Goodman famous and a household name for just from being on that show. And so this was his first. Uh, you know, above the title credit that he ever had. Uh, so I guess a lot was on the line for him. If this had failed, maybe he wouldn't have become the John Goodman that we have. But also on the flip side, I'm kind of happy that it wasn't a huge success because then he might have gotten typecast just doing these stupid kind of comedies. Well, it was the beginning of a little bit of a... You're right, it was comedies, but it was the beginning of a little bit of a John Goodman leading man run. I mean, he wasn't a leading man for very long. He um, still does leading man he, things. 
He still pops up. In, uh, I'm thinking of the Cloverfield Paradox. He was excellent in that. That was like four or five years ago. Uh, there was a movie called right. Captive State. Uh, there was a Kong Skull Island. He was one of the leads in that. Um, yeah, but that, I wouldn't call him the lead. There was, I mean, there was there a lead. Piece. It was him, Tom Hiddleston. It was an ensemble yeah, piece. Yeah, he was part of it. Brie Larson. He had as much screen time as the other actors in that movie, I thought. I thought but uh, Probably. Okay. Um, but... Yeah, but he had a string of, of movies where he was the leader. Yeah, he had the Babe a few years after this. Babe. Yeah, he was Babe Ruth. And who uh, else could you cast who, as Babe Ruth at that time, to no, be honest, okay? Um, and the, the Flintstones, was the he one, was Fred Flintstone. And once again, who else could you have possibly cast as Fred Flintstone in 1994? No, I know, that was, so that was just, that was, uh, unless you're going to do an animated Flintstones movie, he was the perfect actor to play And there Fred was one Flintstone. where he owned a movie theater, too. I think you're thinking of Matinee, yes. And that was a good yes. underrated movie. So, yeah, I, John Goodman has had a very good career where he sort of, you know, after he was in Arachnophobia. I know he was. He was supporting role in Arachnophobia. Yeah, yeah, that came out before this actually. Uh, but he was still famous. Oh, okay. He was still famous from Roseanne. I think by the time yeah. he got his part in Arachnophobia. But John Goodman, I think, has had an excellent career where he goes back and forth between leading role and supporting role, and he also seamlessly can do comma, comedy or drama. Either you know. He, I mean, you look at, he he's did Bringing Out the Dead with Scorsese. He did the Cloverfield, uh, 10 Cloverfield Lane movie, uh, where he was pretty scary. He was uh, pretty vile in that movie. Um, but then, yeah, he also does a lot of Coen Brothers comedies. He was in Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? He was in Barton Fink. Um, yeah, so he mm-hmm. got, he was in the Blues Brothers 2000, which is uh, not very good. But, you know, he's he was in Fallen with you, Denzel you, Washington. You didn't mention his most famous role. Oh, of course. The Coen Brothers, I'm talking all about the Coen Brothers. Yes, and he's even said this is his favorite role, Walter Sobchak in The Big Lebowski. Yeah, yeah and he's right. fantastic. And it's hard to imagine anyone else playing that role. And when you see who the man that he modeled that character after, filmmaker John Milius, he looks and acts exactly like John Goodman does in that movie. So no one else yeah. could have played him. Yeah. So, um, and also, real quick, I want to mention: Do you know? Did you read who King Ralph was originally written for? Uh, I did, but I don't remember. So as soon as you tell me, I'll... It was originally written as a star vehicle for Bill Murray. Yes. And I believe he turned it... When you look at things that Bill Murray has turned down, he turned down Bad Santa, which would have been amazing. It would have been a totally different movie, and I like Billy Bob Thornton's take on that. But he was supposed to be Bad Santa. He was supposed to... He's sort of like the, uh, I don't know, a a middle-aged comedic, you know, DiCaprio. Or, like, because when you look at the list of movies DiCaprio's turned down, or the list of movies that, like, Robert De Niro has turned down, where they're so in demand, Bill Murray is kind of like... There's so many could-have-been, you know, movies with him. Mm -hmm. Um, But And then after that, John Candy was almost cast. But I think he chose to do something else instead. So John Goodman was the third... Uh, person that they went to and it ended up being that was kind of a risk giving him his first leading role uh, in a movie but yeah. it worked out I think so well it made money so according it, to studio it, it made out. money and I think also once again I'm, like I said I'm glad it wasn't a huge hit making a hundred million dollars but I'm also glad that it wasn't a total flop because I think John Goodman you look back at the last 30 years or so he's been pretty consistent and pretty reliable uh, I think he's yeah. always good, whether it's in a small role, and a big role, comedy, drama, TV, movies. He's always good. And, and now he's carrying the Connors show, and, and 
I'll be honest, I have no idea if it's any good. I don't, I've heard it's great. Project, I've heard it's great with or without Roseanne. He's carrying Roseanne, Roseanne, Roseanne got, Roseanne got the boot, yeah. So, um, and he's he's always, I once read an interview with him, because uh, I, I do like John Goodman, and as you know, I like the Coen brothers, and he said the best people he's ever worked for are Roseanne. Uh, this was obviously before she said her horrible racist tweet or whatever and blamed it on Ambien. Uh, I think he's still kind of... Stuck up for her in a way, yeah. Not yeah, accepting what she said, but still sticking. Well, up for her, but... he owes a lot of his career to her. Let's face yeah, it. If he, definitely. if there was no Roseanne, who knows if we would be talking about John Goodman at all today? Whether it's King Ralph or The Big Lebowski or anything. Yeah. Okay, but I mean, he's had quite a career. He's worked with Spielberg in a movie that nobody saw called Always, with him and Richard Dreyfuss and Holly Hunter. He's worked with Scorsese in Bringing Out the Dead. He worked with Mike Nichols in What Planet Are You From? So he's had quite a prolific. Uh, career working with a lot of great directors, you know, bouncing around sci-fi, comedy, uh, everything horror with Cloverfield. So he's he's you know, very very interesting. And actor. he's 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 the only uh, '90s fat guy that didn't die too. That is true. Yes, and if you check out, I think uh, the, there's a Chris Farley documentary on Hulu now. I forgot what it's called, but it's a newer one, and he's on there. And there's an interesting uh, shot because he. He, I guess his plane was late or whatever, so there's a there's some footage of him holding suitcases and a trench coat and running into a church trying to make uh, the funeral uh, for Chris Farley. So he was a big Chris Farley oh, nice. fan. He worked with Chris Farley a little bit in Dirty Work, and obviously he did so much on Saturday Night Live, so he knew Chris mm-hmm. Farley, I'm sure, when Chris Farley was a regular cast member on SNL. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, all right, so let's get into the movie. Um so we talked about the cast. Um, all right, so the movie starts off. It's a rainy day in England. Have you ever been to England, Jack? Yes, I have, and it does rain a lot. Did Did you enjoy it there? Um, not the weather and not the food, but the history was nice. Yeah, I had a good time. I would go back to England. I would stay in London again. And there's other parts. I went to Bath. I went to Salisbury. I went to uh, because I was with my family. My sister's such a Shakespeare person. We did. Mm. I think we went to Stratford on Avon. We went and saw a show at the Globe Theater. So that's what she's really passionate about. Um, so I got to do all those things uh, with my family. Have you ever been to England? I have. Yes. Okay. Um, twice um once um like stayed there and another time i it was a layover to italy and we missed our flight so i spent a few extra hours at uh, heathrow airport uh, but uh, <laughs> was it raining those few extra hours <laughs> Uh, no, but it was very gloomy. No, okay, out. yeah, I think I had a stopover one time coming back from another country uh, in England. I think it was from Spain, actually. I think it was coming from Madrid mm-hmm. to Heathrow, and then back to I guess Newark. And, yeah. and I like I liked England the time I, I actually spent some time there and got to see the, all the touristy things mm-hmm. in London and everything. I did like it there, and I think one of the most unique things about England is you're in another country and it, you feel foreign, yet you can speak the language. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of cool in that aspect like you can fit in easily yet you know you're not home like there's something it's almost like bizarro america okay they drive on the opposite side of the road everyone's really nice (laughs) everyone's really nice (laughs) the money's different yeah so the money is different but at the same time you like i said it's it's like you're in like the bizarro world but um anyway so yeah so it starts off on a rainy day um, the whole the whole family you know stops raining. They they're trying to get a, a royal picture, um, and they all get electrocuted. So the, <laughs> that was just bonkers. I thought um, it was. <laughs> I, I I laughed at that point just out of sure like 
did that really just happen? <laughs> I thought it was a stupid but funny opening scene with the entire royal family getting electrocuted, the hair up. It's, I mean, it should be so tragic and horrible, but it's, it's hilarious. But it wasn't. Yeah. No, it, it, it didn't feel tragic or horrible. It just, it was just like, what the hell am I watching? Um, but at the same time, so I saw this movie as a child, and I don't remember anything about it other than John Goodman is a king, clearly like a fish out of water scenario. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he has no business being in royalty. Mm-hmm. I didn't remember what he did before that. I didn't remember any. You didn't even I remember it was England. So according to I, I didn't talk about I didn't this, remember. Yeah, like, I know he becomes a king no. of something. And it's like, I'm not going to tell yeah. you. You just figure out why. Because if I said England, you'd be like, oh, is it because of Prince Harry and Meghan Markle? You might have figured it out. So, um, yeah, yeah, no. Yeah. So I didn't remember anything about it. Um, so. That was a shock to me, no pun intended. Um, <laughs> I think it's an ideal, hilarious fish-out-of-water tale, and I do think John Goodman plays it perfectly. We could talk about how he plays it later, because I want to get into that, but I think as far as going the yeah. nice guy route for a PG film, I think he did it perfectly. So, All right, and well, I do want to talk about that later, too. Um, all right, so the movie starts out with him after that piece. Um then he is a, and I might be jumping around a bit, so if, if I am or you uh, feel like you need to stop me at any time, please do. Okay. Um, but I, I then he's singing, he's a Vegas lounge singer, right? Yep. And he's singing songs, and um, I, 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 uh, listen, I did like the oldies in this movie, because I like oldies, mm-hmm. so I did like the fact that he sang covers of oldies. Um, a few times during the movies uh, in the beginning tiny bubbles which is a song I know by Don Ho who was a um, who is a Hawaiian singer is he the only um, ho- no he's not the only Hawaiian singer Bruno Mars but I guess for that time he was the only Hawaiian singer maybe for about 30 he was years the most so. famous yeah, for yeah, sure yeah, yeah. yeah. so you, you, I didn't even are you familiar with Don Ho I know Don Ho actually yes my okay my a little bit of background for me my grandpa one of his jobs uh, was a DJ. So he was a DJ, and he introduced me to a lot of oldies, you know. That's okay. how my love for Sinatra began. I know Rich and I both okay. really appreciate Frank Sinatra, but he was constantly playing Benny Goodman, uh, Louis Armstrong. <laughs> his uh, One of his favorites was Bing Crosby. So I mm-hmm. sort of grew up, and around that, I would go to the radio station with him when I was a little kid. I thought it was so cool. So, yeah, and one of the um, artists that he played was Don Ho. So I knew Don Ho yeah. from a young age. I yeah. couldn't tell you another song besides tiny bubbles me neither okay, that's the only but, one i know yeah, of and, but he and, definitely and my, according to my mom my grandfather also was a big don ho okay, fan yeah. um but i didn't i don't know and i don't you know but i do know the song exactly so. yeah um yeah so he's he's so he gets fired from being a lounge singer because i guess he was also watching a football game on tv <laughs> yes um and and um <laughs> i i did laugh a little bit at the 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 chimp mitzi the, <laughs> those the were funny chimp. the psychic chimp i thought those the scenes were great <laughs> I thought that was funny. Um, so, um, yeah, so then from there, um, he's picked up by um, a couple of British men, um, one Peter O'Toole, and the other, I think, is Richard Griffiths. Richard, right? well, Peter O'Toole doesn't go to America. He doesn't go to Vegas. It's Richard oh, Griffiths no, it wasn't, and yeah, another sorry. guy. I don't know who he was. Like the yeah, security, it was someone else. Yeah, it was like guy. a bodyguard, yeah. yeah. But uh, Richard Griffiths was also in the Harry Potter films, very famous British actor. Uh, he passed away. Uh, yeah, he was in Naked Gun 2. Yes, he, he was, was in Naked in Gun 2. Yes, he was. The yeah, doctor in the wheelchair. That's what I knew him from. Yeah. Very good. As yeah. soon as I saw him, I was like, oh, I know who Naked he is. Naked Gun 2. All right, yeah. Yep. So... 
Um, yeah, so they bring him back to, well, they let him know that he's the king. He's not buying it right away. Which is a funny um, scene, I thought, when they show him the, the ring and everything. And Yeah, yeah, I yeah, yeah. Cool. and then he, he remembers about, you know, a story that his, one of his relatives yeah, said. That, that his they, grandma uh, told him or something, yeah. Yeah, 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 where he, there's some kind of lineage right. there. And, and um, yeah, so then they, uh, then they, you know, he's in a limo and he's leaving and he's, you know, it's it jumps right into the story. Um, one of the things I didn't, I, I, one of the criticisms I have about this movie is I, I felt like we needed more of him before he became king. I, I didn't feel like I, I couldn't get a grasp on who this guy was. I didn't. Is he a scoundrel? Is he mm, good like, point? What's his story? Good point. Yeah. Um, you know, I didn't. I didn't. You know, he was watching the football game. I was thinking, is he gambling? Is he a gambler? I think they said something about that. Yeah, he's in Vegas. I think they hint that he's. I think that he's hinted because he loses money. Yeah, he's like, I got something on that game or whatever. Yeah. So I think they hint at that. The guys, whatever it is, they they establish that he can't keep a job for more than a month. Right. Yeah. He can't keep a job. We know that. But I didn't. I couldn't tell what kind of a guy. Correct. He He could be like like Bad Santa, or which we'll all come back to a mention later. He could be like a real low life. Or he could be, you know, he and ends up being a nice not, guy, yeah. Right, and, and right, and that's what you didn't know going in, and and that I think is one of the faults of this okay. movie. We could talk about that. And I agree with that. I, I agree I, that they I should have the had a little bit more. I think he's a nice guy. Yeah. I, I felt like they could have had more fun with this if he was. I agree, you know but then I mean? we're talking but about a completely different movie, yeah. So a PG thirteen at least. At least a PG thirteen, um, because I, when I found out that Bill Murray was supposed to be in this, he would have played it a little more like Peter Venkman, maybe, uh, you right. know, or, or differently. And I think he would have been. It could have been a completely different movie. And if they made him a real scoundrel, a really bad guy, then I started imagining, picture this, all right, Rich? I imagined Andrew Dice Clay as a failing comedian in Vegas, getting called up to be the next king of England. And instead of this King Ralph being a nice, honorable man, the movie went the PG family-friendly route. They could have gone the Andrew Dice Clay route and imagine if he was really bad, and then that would Peter O'Toole would be like, "Oh my God, we've got to get rid of this guy as fast as possible. He's horrible." But instead, he's actually trying to be good, and so it would have been a completely right. different movie if they went in that direction. And that was something I, that I, I thought, agree. You know, I think there's more comedic potential there. Um, I agree. I, I felt. I, wh- who is this movie geared to? Because is it geared to like, who's the audience here? It has to be young kids. I, right? I assume what I'm assuming is that the script may have started out. Because think about the American themed strip club that he goes to. You, we're, you're, I'm jumping ahead here. Yeah. But I, I feel yeah. like, especially the first half hour, there's a lot of, you know, I guess profanity in the Vegas scenes um, and, you know, more like adult themes that they could have, you know, touched on that they didn't. Um, and then, yeah, he goes to the strip club and he has the great line oh, nice, strip tease without the nudity. <laughs> Never saw that before. <laughs> the American themed strip club and he falls for the, the girl because she says she's from Las Vegas, even though she's not. Uh, but yeah, yeah, she's supposed to be like a show. Exactly. Yeah, they're all like the the show girl that was on before her had like I guess was supposed to be from Texas or something. She looked like she had a cowboy hat on or whatever. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was stupid. But yeah, it looked like they took they saved some of those elements and kept those in the movie. And then the rest, I'm imagining, they changed completely because yeah, this could have gone uh, uh, totally if this guy was a bad guy. 
and they're they're stuck with this king. They made this horrible person like a you know a bad Santa. If you made Billy Bob Thornton's character in Bad Santa the king of England, he's gonna do a lot mm. of really really bad things and take advantage right. of exactly. a lot of a lot of people and the awful. Um, so. Yeah. It, whatever i like it for what it is i think this movie was clearly geared towards families i saw it at a young age um i saw it with I my parents too. so yeah i mean the pg rating i think and i also think john goodman had that image okay if they put john candy in it i think it would have been the same kind of movie john candy has a little different style sense of humor but i think john but candy yeah, wasn't no, an was r-rated kind of kids, comedian i think, I think it was no. still being geared towards kids if like i said andrew dice clay bill murray it would have been maybe a little bit edgy he was still not you know ghostbusters was pg um you know he had a lot of hit movies what about bob was i think pg or pg 13 so he was still you know pretty family friendly his image but um yeah so i guess they might have yeah. gone that route regardless all right, so you know, then they, you know, they have to acclimate him to being a king. They're trying to teach him. Mm-hmm. Um, Peter O'Toole is kind of like his main uh, mentor, who is trying to teach him to be, you know, what it means to be king and, um, you know, royalty and how to act and some of the things he's going to eat. You know, they have the spotted dick ah, joke. yes, <laughs> dick of um, what? <laughs> he goes. The yeah. sausages are the bangers. Spotted dick yeah. is the dessert. And I did make sure when I went to England, I made sure that I had spotted dick and bangers and mash, which is just yeah, sausage I, and I've mashed had, potatoes. I've never had spotted dick. It's not really very good. Some kind of fruit. It's like a fruit. Yeah, it's it's right? not yeah. very good. I don't. I mean, I and the spots are just raisins on it. I whatever. Right. Um, exactly. But yeah. But I do love um, the scene where he meets Peter O'Toole. I think that scene is kind of where the movie officially gets started. And mm-hmm. I think their relationship, I think it's a very good, you know, mentor, mentee kind of relationship. And they butt heads a lot throughout the movie. But I feel like Peter O'Toole always tried to stay true to himself and his character. And John Goodman he did, and I- was always trying to learn. He was always, at first, he was just like, what am I doing? I don't belong here. This is, you know, making a mistake to like, all right, I'm going to really try. I'm going to accept this. And reluctantly, he accepts it. And he gets better with it. But like the scene when he walks in and he looks like such a joke. And he goes, have you ever been to England before? No, but I have almost all the Rolling Stones albums. Well, then you're practically a native. <laughs> I love those lines <laughs> like that. Yeah, um, yeah, I know. Yeah. So when he walks in, he's got the Cubs hat and a Packers jacket. Yeah, that kind of clashes. There's... N- there's no such fan. <laughs> and and a Skid Row and a Skid Row shirt underneath. I'm a Skid, a Skid Row, Row fan. Row, yeah. yeah, 80s hair metal. Uh, so Yeah, that was a bizarre outfit. Um so um Yeah, so then um you know he he's kind of you know he still hasn't bought into it yet at yeah. that point. So he goes to the strip club. And again, that's where I was like, all right, so this guy's in the strip like I I couldn't figure out again. I was trying to figure out who he was, you yeah. know, as a guy. And it was a little contradicting at times because he was a nice guy, yet he also um, can't hold a job, and they never really say why. Um, because he seems like he's a nice, ma- you know. I, I think mean? he's he, nice, he but he's like not a- very smart. Maybe he doesn't have right, much of an yeah, education. All he does is play around with that. music. I mean, yeah. if you know musicians or struggling musicians, uh, you yeah, know, I guess that they, they, they unless they make it big, they don't. If that's their only job, they don't have a lot of money. Uh, so yeah, and so that's obviously what he was. And he didn't have parents. His mother died, so that's why they went to him. Um, so I guess yeah, they don't go into his upbringing, but I guess you could imagine he didn't have much of an upbringing or do yeah. well in school. And if you grow up in or around Vegas, and that's all you know, that's maybe all he knows. So yeah, they could have 
establish that a little bit more in the beginning. Instead, I feel like they establish more of England and the you know, the royalty and what's going on in London, and which is important too for people that maybe don't know. Uh, so that was, yeah, yeah. John Hurt doesn't he have a speech or something yeah. about how it's his his family correct? Turn. And that's how you know he's going to be the villain. Ooh, watch out! Yeah, I did like be, yeah, yeah, he's out. Yeah, the yeah, I did so that way he could become king and replace the you know King Ralph who's making a mockery of the monarchy right. and the whole you know Great Britain. Um, I did like the scene where maybe perhaps we could change your name. What's wrong with Ralph? Ralph Ralph the first? There's a lot of good Ralphs. Ralph Macchio, Ralph Lauren, Ralph Cramden. I thought that was funny. <laughs> yeah, I, I who is Ralph Cramden? Ralph Cramden is from is. yeah, the honeymooners. He's Jackie Gleason's character. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Okay. okay. Then yes, I should have known who that was. Yeah. Um the other two I obviously knew. Right. Um Yeah, that that was a that I remember that line being fine. Um so then he meets the the the, the female love interest in this movie, mm-hmm. um, played by Camille Cadori, because uh, she's the stripper. He meets her at the strip club, but she can't go through with it, um, you know. And he's into that, into her, and and they, you know, kind of. Well, then John Hurt bribes her to you know keep being seen to with spend him, time so. with him so they could take a photograph yeah, and so it could be the so tabloids. Yeah, together. yeah, exactly. Because yeah. his whole plan is to you know show everyone yeah. how. Or use that in some way to hurt right. Ralph. Um, One criticism that I had this time around, or I guess I, I'm, I own this movie, I'm more familiar with this movie uh, than you are. I find it hard to believe that out of all the women he's seen, he falls madly in love and is smitten love at first sight with the woman who doesn't get naked. I find that just a little odd, but I guess whatever. It's, uh, yeah. I didn't find that okay. odd. I think there's a respectability aspect to that. Yeah, um, yeah, you're right. I just I I felt it was attractive. yeah. I guess I felt it was odd that yeah you know that, that yeah this this is the woman that he's gonna you know pursue and go. I don't know. I it was okay. It was, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so then, you know, John, like I said, John Hurt uh, bribes her to uh, continue to be seen with him so they can get a photograph so he can, you know, hurt him in some way. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, then then there's some, some scenes with, um, with um, Peter O'Toole and uh, the prime minister of the country. Yes, I like um, those scenes. Who, I like that one. <laughs> Go on. See, I did, when he falls asleep. Oh, I love that was, scene. <laughs> it, but but that's how I felt at that time. Like I was thinking, like this is so boring. Like if I was ten years old, had like how did I make it through that? I thought it was well, like, I was running okay. away and going and playing with something. You else, you okay? You may have been bored, but I was watching it and I thought it was hilarious. He's just sitting there snoring. I love the scene. They're, they're, well, I liked I I liked that he fell asleep. But I was at the before they show that yeah. there's you know some decent amount of dialogue, and I was thinking to myself, man, this is why. You're making it what sound like happening? it was 10 minutes of talking about uh, taxes and tariffs like it's uh, Star Wars Episode One. That's what it, it was. Felt oh, like. no. Rich, it's like two minutes that you're talking about uh, here. Two minutes in a movie like this is a large chunk. Uh, I guess if you're not into the movie, you're right. If you are into the well, movie, no, then, no, yeah. I, not even if you're not into it, but just if, if I, I, I was trying to watch this movie as if I was, you know, my 10 year old self again because I wanted to. <laughs> go into it thinking that because I, I, I knew without even, you know, I knew that this movie was geared toward kids in some way, shape or form. Right. You know, I knew this wasn't an, an adult, you know, it's rated PG. Yeah. So, um, so I was trying to go into it with a kid mentality and trying to have fun with it. And there were parts I did have fun with, but overall I just felt like when it, when it wasn't trying to be funny, it was just 
boring. Like I, I, I was surprised. I, I don't remember seeing this as a kid. I wish I did. But I was thinking to myself, like, how did I make it through these parts oh, of the movie? I found that part funny when I was younger. I find it funny now. I mean, before that, it was funny that he fell yeah. asleep. Uh, you know, but up until that point, okay. where they showed it, that, you're talking you about two happening. minutes of dialogue talking about the politics of Zambezi, which does it's a fake Af- African country, uh, much like Zamunda from Coming yeah, to America. Which, um, yeah, and, and that whole thing I thought was a little offensive. Well, right? we'll get to that. Wait. We, yeah, we'll get to that. I, I cannot believe that they got away, the, even in 1991, with some of the right. things that they did. Um, but you, you did skip out a few things that I liked that I wanted to mention. You didn't yeah, like, like I said, feel free to yeah, jump in. You didn't like the scene where he does the king's walk? We've got to improve your walk. You're the master of your domain. And, of course, I thought of Seinfeld. Um, and then he falls into the water. It's stupid, but it's funny. Water. Yeah. I mean, like I said, 10-year-old me probably well, loved it. Um, th- as an adult, I was just like, eh, Kid, kid, you know. you, uh, when I was a kid and I saw it, I liked it. And as an adult, I still like it. Um, I really liked the scene uh, where Ralph was practicing to serve tea to Peter O'Toole. And he burns himself a little bit. That, that was like, funny. And then he had me, the cup stuck on his finger. Yes, yeah. I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> Um, and I love I thought the scene with funny. the prime minister, and then and I also love the cut right when they're done, when the prime minister is walking away uh, with Peter O'Toole, he just will not do. This isn't going to work. And uh, the 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 uh, butler or whatever puts an umbrella over him while he's napping, and then the next cut, yeah, he's yeah. getting dressed in those like bright Hawaiian pink light blue shirts and pants, yeah, singing yeah. "Be Bapalula, she's my baby." <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. Your Majesty, yes. Did you have a nice nap? <laughs> I thought that was really funny. He's planned to go out on the town with this girl, and they get into a whole yeah. fight. Yeah, they can't, yeah, um, they the, can't go anywhere. The cricket scene. I, I, Did you like the cricket scene? All of the everything you've said so far. I'll tell you later. The one time I, uh, other than the beginning, when I was just like, "What just happened?" Okay. Um, there was one time where I legitimately like laughed out loud. Everything else is like a chuckle okay. here. All of these are there. moments I don't that know, I've laughed maybe out if loud. I just wasn't in a in a funny mood, or I just didn't think it's funny as an adult. Okay. But it was just like, eh, all right, yeah, you know, I could see like me a kid me liking this scene. You know, like when he bowls and he knocks, you know, he hits the. Vase. Yeah, and he's got the crown on. He makes that look like, mm, and he drops the crown yeah. in, the, in the jacuzzi. Uh, yeah, those yeah, are those, the, the those cricket are stupid. Scene the cricket scene I love, where he hits it like it's baseball. Yeah, so yeah, <laughs> um, and and yeah, hits it into the window. And like I did, I all right, I I, I I laughed a little bit after he hit the ball and it went into the window, and like twenty guys drew their guns yeah. out. <laughs> And then he's running around, uh, foreshadowing that he's going to be playing Babe Ruth in a year or two, whenever because that came out shortly after this. Uh, Well, that's what made me think of the Babe, and I was like, oh, I wonder when that came out, because I knew it was around that A year or two years later. This was 1991, it was 92 or 93. I remember seeing that at a young age, too. So I guess I saw a lot of John Goodman movies as a kid. I know I saw the Flintstones, too, as a kid, so... um, Yeah, there was this scene where, you know, I I chuckled a little bit when he cut the guy's ear when he was... Oh, that was so funny. Oh, that was great. That's the guy's ear. Oh, I got him. I'm I sorry. Got him I got him good. I got. I, I'm so sorry. And then, of course, we're jumping way ahead now at the very end uh, when Ralph is about to get knighted in a particular scene, and uh, yeah, <laughs> they, he, covers his, he ears. covers his ears. I thought that was a great touch. I really like that. So. Um, 
Um, so I'm going to jump. Uh, I don't know how far ahead I'm. I mean, there's a lot of scenes. I, I chuckled a little bit when they're driving in the car together. They weren't allowed to leave the castle. Him right. And so he's just driving um, around in a circle in Buckingham Palace in, in like lot. a big yeah. uh, parking lot courtyard area in Buckingham Palace. And she's telling him yep. to rhyme to remember all of the kings and queens of England. Uh, I thought that was yeah, kind of yeah, cool. Yeah. You mentioned John Hurt. I want to talk about John Hurt because I, I just want to say this. I really think that um, Peter O'Toole plays this role very seriously. He could have played it comically. He could have played it like Marlon Brando did Dr. Moreau just for a paycheck because obviously he had above the title uh, credit as well. Peter O'Toole's a big, you know, name Mm -hmm. actor and established actor. He had been a star for like 30 years prior to doing this movie. So it wasn't like, you know, this was... This well, he was the he was the, you know brought in to bring legitimacy to the to the movie. and I think he did I and he, yeah and he did I oh, think yeah, I he agree. absolutely did I think he was terrific and I think I like all the scenes with Peter O'Toole and John Goodman sparring arguing when they're getting along when they're not getting along I think he did those those are some of the best scenes in the movie I think I I, I would have wanted just if anything I would have cut out some of the stuff with the romance or the stuff with John Hurt or the, the actual plot and just kept it focusing on these two characters and their friendship and their working relationship because I thought he played a really good foil to John Goodman and he made John Goodman's transition from Vegas lounge singer oaf to respectability he made it believable. So I thought, I, I, I think he's, you know, very unsung role. No, it's not going to be in the list of great Peter O'Toole roles, and nor should it be. But I think he was very good in this, and he elevated this movie the way I guess he's supposed to. I I think this movie would have been fine with just that aspect yeah. of the of 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 the movie and you know of you know your the average joe you know slob and yeah. you know american uh having to come to terms with becoming a king and becoming royalty and realizing what you know heavy lies the crown and the and responsibility you yeah. want that yeah. and the responsibility and and having to relinquish that and and you know the the reveal at the end is that peter o'toole's character actually uh, was also in line right. about the same, you know, distance as Ralph, but he turned it down because he didn't, you know, he he knew what it took to be king, yeah. and he knew he didn't. He didn't have think it. he, he had it. He yeah, and it. and yeah. I think that, and that's something I want to touch on later because I think that's a great scene as well. So there's a lot it of is. this movie could have gone and, and the all serious the route. With him yeah. And, and, Right, it could have gone the serious route, but still been funny yeah. at the same time. And and I think I think what hurt this movie not hurt, but I, I think the John John hurt mm. um, those scenes yes. didn't need to be in the movie at all. All right, that, that let me talk about John Hurt. Yeah, let, let's do, yeah, you yeah, want to talk about John Hurt because you you said he's much better in this than he was in Indiana Jones Four. Uh, well, because he was a raving lunatic. Oh, okay. yeah, he was. He was just anyone. Anyone could have played his so, part in Indiana yeah, Jones they, Four. They I suppose he's off the street and, in New York yeah, City and, and played that. John role, Hurt so. maybe doesn't have the same pedigree, resume, award nominations as Peter O'Toole, but you know what? I bet you. Well, they're both uh, passed away now. He was probably every bit as committed and dedicated, as serious of a you know British actor as Peter O'Toole was. And I think John Hurt makes the most of a thankless role. This is the second time we've seen this great actor in a role on this podcast 
way below what he deserves. Yes. This is way less than his talent. I think he had, even his delivery of some scenes, I was like, that's their best take? You just want more money. And he slaps the money. I'm like, it looked so fake. It looked so over the top and not believable. I mean, he, he get to me, John Hurt is one of those actors that can get away with anything. Like, he, because of his voice, I think. He has such a cool, iconic voice. Mm. Alan Rickman had that kind of voice as well. Um, where he's been in a lot of bad movies, but he was yeah. always good because he was Alan Rickman and he just had something that other actors don't have. Uh, so yeah, I would have definitely done away with the traditional, conventional. This was a, a comedy of its time. 80s and 90s, they had that you know formula for what a comedy is supposed to be. Um, yeah, you have to have a love interest. You, you have to and have and they a bad had guy. it. You have a bad guy, no matter how loose. They like. I mean, this could have been Billy Madison. Okay, this could have been Tommy Boy. There's the Rob Lowe's character or the Bradley Whitford character in Billy Madison. This could have been Christopher McDonald's character in Happy Gilmore. They're all following the same formula, and this could have been more. Yeah, but, but those it just went those back. characters are were memorable and good. Like I, I could tell you a right. Off and the, even though John Hurt's a better actor than those characters, he wasn't given the chance to be as memorable no, or over the top. He wasn't over role, the top. Yeah. Well, not only that, but this role just, it felt shoehorned in yeah. and it wasn't what the movie was about. Like happy Gilmore needs shooter McGavin. Yeah. Um, you know, Billy Madison needs Bradley Whitford to someone to, to slow him down right. or else, you know, um, and or else there's no conflict. Guy. He's just going to take over the company. The end. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And there was another one you mentioned that Tommy boy, to, but, uh, Tommy, um, boy. Rob Lowe's Tommy character. Boy, right. Yeah. He could, he's going to lose his company as well. So the same kind of plot. Yeah. He's going to lose his right. dad's company. Exactly. Yeah. And, and, and all three of those were memorable bad guys that, I mean, to this day, shooter McGavin, like he just, they just, yeah, he's still in memes constantly. Game. I think I feel yeah. like I see him all the time. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, so those those were great, you know, bad guys that the movies needed. He didn't need he, no. John Goodman didn't need a bad guy in this movie because the crown was It could have been an internal struggle. It could have been like I'm exactly. thinking of School of Rock. You're familiar with School of Rock, right? Right. There was no bad guy in School of Rock. Jack Black was his own worst enemy. And he was, exactly. you know, coming to, and, and over time he became, he realized, wow, I like teaching. I could do this. This is fun. These kids are learning. They're playing music. Mm -hmm. I could win this Battle of the Bands thing with them. This is awesome. And he really got motivated. You know, but even like the Prince Joan Cusack could have been, her character could have been such a, you know, standard bad guy, you know, <laughs> just stop him. No, and then, yeah. and, and then he shows her up at the end, uh, you know, uh, but none of that happens. They all have, she has her own problems and he has her own problems and all these uh, conflicts are internal. I think that's harder to show and harder to do. And I guess this movie just wasn't interested in doing that. It was just more. Well, and yeah. yeah. But the thing is, like, his character didn't really do anything. He didn't stop him no, at all. He, no. he, you know, he, he had a few he monologues, didn't... and that was it. Yeah, yeah, and and you know his, and then, I mean, do, do they still wear powdered wigs in England? Yes, they do. I, I remember. Okay, yeah, yeah. years ago, Rich, <laughs> when I had cable, but even going back a while ago, I do remember. I I, I do. I guess follow politics uh, more than you, or more than most you people. You do. Yes. For I sure. used to yeah. watch. I used to watch C-SPAN. And sometimes on C-SPAN, oh boy, they would show Parliament. You're like, God, sounds riveting, Jay. And I would watch. Yeah, no wonder you like the boring scenes in this movie. <laughs> 
were watching C-SPAN when you're a teenager. <laughs> you're watching for C-SPAN for fun. <laughs> for fun. Yeah, I haven't in years, but uh, I did uh, a while ago. So, uh, but they would show Parliament sometimes, and I always got a kick out of it because the, the traditions are like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, banging their thighs, banging their legs, um, wearing the powdered wigs. Yes, they still do that. Allegedly, they still do that in court with the barristers, or that we call them judges. I think they call them barristers there. Um, so, yeah, they they yeah. do still do that. Um, right. but, uh, I, I figured they did. I didn't think this movie would make things up like that, but I just, I thought, I was like, yeah. what is going on? If you see a fish called Wanda, they have court scenes where they're doing, they have wigs on, um, yeah, sure, yeah. other British movies for the, you know, take place in the 20th century, uh, you know, have, have done that. So, um, yeah. but, uh, yeah. all right. Um, so, all right. So we'll fast forward. We, I know we got a little off track there and we jumped ahead at parts, but mm. all right, so we'll fast forward. So, you know, uh, there's some montages and, and, you know, funny scenes with the cricket and the, what we the mentioned. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Cutting the guy's ear, the, the yeah. candy in the bathtub. Um, yeah. So the candy in the bathtub. Um, then it jumps. Oh, so then it, um, then, then they have this, uh, oh, so we skipped the, uh, sorry, we skipped the scenes with the, um, not Zimbabwe. Zambezi. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that because I, yeah, yeah this so, was the so one thing that stood out to me that, go on. Yeah, so, well, they, they're they they're prepping him to meet the, the king of Zambezi and then he meets him and then, you know. I thought that was a funny moment when he meets him. I don't. So what happened? When well, they're all prepping him on behalf of the British, blah blah blah, the Commonwealth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he keeps screwing it up. And then he's this is his first world leader that he's meeting. He comes off the train. He's standing there, and he's he's about to say it, and he knows he's going to mess up. So he just goes, "Hey, Holmes, what's happening?" He goes to give him a high five, and everyone looks all confused and everything. Yeah. I, didn't I thought that was funny. Then he goes, odd. "Hey, um, you, you want to get a beer?" And then they show them in the pub. Now this is where and that, yeah, this is where it funny. gets bad. Um, Go on. Yeah, well, they, so they, they start throwing darts, yeah. and John Goodman beats him at darts, and the next thing you know, they're throwing spears. Yes, and, and I can't believe they that did that in 1991, like, and I certainly, what? yeah, I, <laughs> whatever, ch- child uh, Jason did not know what a spear chucker was, or that spear chucker was racist, <laughs> a racist term, mm-hmm. but this movie literally shows an African king, okay, <laughs> Chucking spears, throwing spears at a giant bullseye. I'm like, how did they make this up in a span of, you know, so quickly? Uh, after he beat him at darts in a pub. Um, and then all of a sudden he's uh, beating him at some spear throwing competition. Uh, I, I yeah, cannot that believe was, that got that away with that. Uh, yeah. I didn't When I saw it as a kid, I certainly didn't realize how racist it was. Now I'm just like, oh, God, how did they get away yeah, with that, that then? That it was, would never fly today. Funny. Yeah, If this was on yeah. Disney+, Plus, they would either edit that scene out or they would put a warning up or something uh, not to watch it or that it contains. Yeah, that, know, they, I don't think they would even put racist themes plus because of that scene. <laughs> yeah, and I did like the um, the the afterwards when uh, Peter O'Toole is recounting. I guess it's either with uh, um, the guy from Naked Gun Two or the the guy mm-hmm. from or the Prime Minister. He's like, well, it could have gone worse. I think it's with uh, the. Uh, Richard Griffith's character uh, he goes he could have gone worse and then Peter O'Toole goes yes you're right he could have exposed himself <laughs> yeah I thought that was funny <laughs> I, Peter O'Toole is good at he this, is I really think. good Yeah, even even in his few serious moments when John Goodman's just like well I'm gonna do whatever I want he goes very well you're mad like a disrespectful you know instead of saying you're yeah, majesty no, I, I, yeah, yeah Peter O'Toole yeah. Is, is yeah I mean 
once again, it's a great actor's a great actor, and you could put them in. I mean, well, then again, Marlon Brando, but uh, you know, he did give mm-hmm. his all. He gave effort in this movie. This wasn't just if it, w- it was just a paycheck. He still put. It looked like he put a hundred percent into this role. So yeah. yeah. I agree. Um, he was not any part of the problem of this movie. Um, John Hurt so a little they, bit, but I don't think it's just because John Hurt was well, a bad actor. No, I, I don't think, think it was, was his fault. I think, I think it was the, the script, and it was just a thankless role. It was a thankless just, role. Yeah, like, yeah, once again, I, I think his Indiana Jones 4 part was a thankless role, but uh, he, 100%. you don't say no to Steven Spielberg, I guess, and you saw the rest of the talented cast that surrounded John Hurt in that movie, and you, you don't, you know, mm-hmm. actors every bit as good as him, uh, if not better. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, so then they um, so that that then they talk about um, how the, how uh, Zambezi is going to make cars or right. they're starting to make cars right. or something like that, and that comes up later. It does come up later, um, so it's not just for nothing. It's these these nothing in this movie is really a throwaway scene, other than maybe the John Hurt stuff, but still that comes up to. Yeah, it comes back no, to being part of the scenes. plot. They're all plot based. The, they're all the driving little, the, the plot. little comedic, yeah. yeah, the little comedic montages, like the cricket scene. Like they're not, they don't serve. Any no, those are just to, to be other funny. than com- yeah. comedy. Those yeah. are just to be funny. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, um, but um, yeah. So then, um, then they're prepping him for a dinner with uh, Finland ro- royalty, right? Yeah. Um, and. Uh, the, with the intent that he is going to have to marry the queen, so he stop. He kind of stops the princess, seeing, princess Anna, um, yeah. the princess. Sorry, yeah. Uh, he he kind of stops seeing his his girlfriend, or they um, make him stop seeing. And yeah, one of one of the last things that it. he says to the king is, he's like, "Do they tell you who you could date down there?" And the the king of Zambezi goes, "Well, of course not. I am the king." He's like, "I knew I was getting hosed." So I thought yeah, that was yeah, a good yeah, line, yeah, yeah. and yeah, he's was, still yeah. he's still thinking about the Miranda, the the character, the mm-hmm. stripper that he likes i did like one thing i like to point out i did like one thing that was relevant in 1991 that even though 30 years later they've been around for 40 they started in 1980 was their first album the u2 poster in her apartment i thought that was i'm a u2 fan. yeah yeah so yeah. i thought you know it could have could have been uh i don't know some other band that nobody cares about from the late 80s or early 90s uh but u2 is still very duran relevant. duran yeah duran duran or someone like that you know but uh yeah u2 is maybe not as relevant today but 10 years ago they certainly were so uh that's yeah that, that's pretty impressive i thought that was cool wanted to mention that. um yeah yeah i did notice that poster mm-hmm. um so yeah so then they're they're setting him up with um the you know he asks he's it's kind of like an arranged marriage type mm-hmm. deal um his picture has already been taken with the uh with miranda the stripper at this point yes and um, i didn't like that so, scene too much with the uh at burger king that was just product placement that's like something you would see at adam sandler movie oh yeah i forgot about the burger king scene yeah. I, and i wrote that down but i wrote it down out of order here but um yeah the burger king scene i thought was terrible yeah. i know they ha- I, I did read that they had some kind of advertisement deal with them I, it, it shows yeah like king ralph yeah. and burger king yeah so. it makes sense um, yeah. but uh, and john yeah, goodman too that'll sell a lot of whoppers <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Very unnecessary. It wasn't funny. No, it um, wasn't that just, funny, no. Yeah. Um but um yeah, thank you for, for reminding me of that. Um so then you know, they they're at this ball and that's when you figure you, you see that Julian Glover is the king and um you know, his and his daughter is the one that they're trying to set up with uh King Ralph. 
Um, Once she again, she's the like one yeah, that looks exactly like Princess Diana. Yeah, played by Julie Richardson. Yeah. yeah. So the the first time in this movie where I or the most I laughed at this movie was when she first spoke. <laughs> okay. Um, and had that manly voice. <laughs> and John Goodman made ex- that face. He makes a great face when he hears. He her made voice. a great face. I was not expecting that at all because she, she's in the movie for what ten minutes before that maybe. Yeah. And doesn't say a word. Yeah. So it just comes out of nowhere. Yep. And I, I did laugh at that. that did catch me off guard and I, I thought that was <laughs> that funny. is a funny scene but what about um, the dinner scene before that when she's sitting there she's not speaking but he's talking to Julian Glover he cuts the food and it's, the, the, the piece of meat goes all the way down every wine glass uh, falling was... over too long. Oh, I thought you know, it was I, funny. I got it after the first four glasses. I didn't need to see 27 more. <laughs> okay, fall. I thought it was funny. Um, <laughs> right. But I, I thought that was funny. I thought I the thought whole the, dinner scene, the, oh, the fox, fox hunting. hunting. You the like fox, fox hunting? hunting? Yeah. yeah. That that was funny. That was funny. <laughs> um, but the the glasses, I was like, all right, we get it. Like, it's a long table and all the glasses are falling like dominoes. Like, I, I thought that was a, little, <laughs> a right. bit much. Okay. Um, uh, I mean, I, it was fine, but it was it just it was too long. I felt like it was one of those like you know how sometimes on Family Guy they, they yeah they, the they, cutaways will go too you know long I mean? or they'll just do it for too long. The chicken or fight, like Peter, Peter fighting Peter a falls, yeah, Peter falling, like, ah, yeah. Ah, ah, yeah, it goes on a little too yeah, long. Yeah, okay, all right, all right. Although they're doing it on purpose, I don't think King Ralph was. But yeah, um, you're right. Um, and then he he. I guess he can't control himself and has to be himself. Well, so no, he, no, no, no. Well, going back to the sorry. plot, the one time he yeah. talks to John Hurt, the first time he actually talks to whatever Lord Graves, John Hurt's character, he inspires him. He's like, you know, don't don't forget to be your charming uh, self and show off your American flamboyance. And so that's what puts the seed. That's in his what head sparks him. To sparks yeah, him to sparks just him say, you know what, this this sucks. This is boring. Everything's you know nothing's going right. I just got to be myself. And he also gives what's her name, the Miranda character, um, the invite to show up when she's not supposed to be there. John Hurt does. John yeah. Hurt has his page. And says, yeah. says that it's Ralph. Says that, that it's know, Ralph. I miss you, Ralph. thinking yeah. of you. Please come. And so she has the invitation to go to this royal banquet with, you know, uh, all mm-hmm. British and Finland royalty. So she shows up, and that obviously causes a problem. Uh, the dinner scene I thought was great. The dancing, when he actually talks to her outside, you know. <laughs> and I thought yeah, that, yeah, was that was funny. And then the harpsichord scene. What did you think about that? I hated it. Oh, come on. He sings Good Golly, Miss Molly. He sings Good Golly, Miss Molly. It's hilarious. He's actually, he does all his own singing. John Goodman. His singing was fine. And I I didn't have a problem with his singing. He sings three songs in this movie. And I didn't have a problem with any one of them in terms of his singing. And uh, Good Golly, Miss Molly is not one of my favorite oldies, although I I don't hate it. Um, And it's certainly worse with a harpsichord than with a piano. Correct. But that makes it funny. I just I didn't like the the shtick during that song. I I thought you know his his with his leg out and I I don't know I I didn't think it was funny and all it did was remind me of Top Secret when he sings Tutti Frutti. Okay. Um, in a <laughs> I never thought scenario. of Top Secret while I was watching this movie, but you're right. Yeah. Just that scene, just okay. that scene made me think of that and made me wish I was watching that scene. Oh, That's all that okay. scene did was like okay. oh I wish I was watching. A Val Kilmer sing Tutti Frutti. And, or Skeet you know, Surf. In, in, we in both a, like Skeet in Surf. In a similar, <laughs> yeah, in a similar situation where he's at a fancy restaurant and he pays the band and they, they're playing like crazy, like they're all old 
stiff guys okay. that are playing like a song that they really have no business playing and um very similar scene okay. so i i just couldn't stop thinking All right. and you know that um, movie much better than i do i do uh, it's a very yeah, good so, movie but you you that's uh, a movie so you yeah you if yeah. you if you're if you haven't seen it and you're listening youtube uh tutti frutti by val kilmer i'm sure there's a clip of that on youtube or something um great great scene and to me that one I just couldn't stop thinking of that. Yeah, and that though. Top Secret overall is probably a better movie, a different kind of movie. It's more aligned I'll with Naked Gun and Airplane. A it's a different movie, kind of movie. But, but you could see, I, th- I believe it's streaming on Net- not Netflix. I think it's on Hulu or Amazon Prime. I'm sure if you Google oh, well, it, if you really want to see, if you really want to see a uh, top secret, you could. Uh, it's definitely. I think it's on Amazon Prime or Hulu. One of those. Uh, I mm. was just scrolling around and I saw it. And I was like, oh, maybe I'll watch this. I did end up watching something else, but uh, it is it is available if you have Hulu or Amazon Prime. One of them, or maybe both. We watched Top Secret with one of your friends. Yes, we did. Right? Yes, yes. Yeah. Oh, I had Which seen it before. I bought it. Uh, my friend Patrick, the one who Indiana he, Jones was spitting on his childhood. It. I don't. I think he had seen it too. I'm not sure. I think no. I think we watched it because he hadn't seen it. I don't remember. I'll have to ask him. I don't but, know. Yeah, 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 but I do but remember I going back to your apartment uh, one time years ago. Yeah. This was a while ago, and watching. Yeah, we uh, watched Top it. Secret. Yeah. Um, um. Yeah. So I. Right, so yeah. I. I. I know you liked, or I'm assuming you liked the Good Golly Miss Molly scene. Yes, um, I did with the harpsichord. Yes. Uh, I didn't love it. Um, that at that time they. Um, they also show the queen, the princess pictures of mm-hmm. um, Ralph with the with Miranda. Right. So she sees her, and then Ralph sees her there. So they and he starts start dancing, dancing with her, and because yeah. she's the only one who's like into the music. Everyone else is all stuck up and right. stuffed shirt royalty. This is not good. Yeah. Golly, Miss Molly is not their kind of music. So yeah. right. So then, uh, so then the the you know the Finlandians get uh, very upset. Mm-hmm. They and they cancel the wedding, and apparently that also the the reason that they were going to get married was so that England would get the deal on manufacturing drills for oil drilling. Yep. I guess yep. right offshore drilling. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and instead, uh, another country gets that deal. So he cost um, the British economy. He so cost he cost the, the, yeah, own, yeah, yeah. He he hurt the British economy by doing that. Um, uh, and then, uh, you know, then there's a series of, of scenes in, in and where, you know, basically he figures out that John Hurt and J- the and the butler guy um, were conspiring against him. He also figures out that there was someone else that could have been king besides him. Yeah, the Richard um, Griffiths character out, s- yeah. blurts something out by accident beans, just, yeah. and real quick and then he covers it up. But I guess, you know, John Goodman was paying attention and he's like, when you said went with, he's like, that's what I was, uh, you know, not sure. Yeah. yeah. So th- it's, it's pretty well done. Yeah. Um, so there, so then you figure out that, um, Peter O'Toole's character also could have been the king, and he, you know, then Ralph kind of has to. Well, Ralph then, you know, foils uh, uh, John Hurt's plan in front of everybody, and that scene, and as well as other scenes in this movie, reminded me of Dave. Yes, okay, and this came before Dave, the yeah. Kevin Klein um, movie you know, where Kevin scene- Klein is the the. Pretending to be the president, he's the pretending fake to be president. the president, yeah. and and he's getting framed for something, yep. and he then outs the guy. Then he outs you know, the guy the that was end. yeah, exactly. Yeah, very. I never then, realized that, but yeah, pretty much Dave took the climax. This is almost carbon copy of the climax. Just replace yes, uh, replace what it was um, England with uh, Washington D.C. So yeah, right. And instead of John Hurt, it was uh, Frank, Frank Langella. Lang- yep, Frank Frank Langella. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. 
um, I, I that that scene made me reminded me of Dave. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, then I started wishing I was watching Dave. So. Oh, okay. So um, no matter what, this is uh, this scene well, is just, it was just it's it's good, but it's making you think of better movies. Right, and it wasn't. It kind of, you know, again, it's a, it, it, that whole plot line didn't even need to be in That is movie. also like, true. It, was, yeah. it didn't really do anything. Well, it, I guess um, lazy screenwriting, I guess. It was just following yeah. the formula of the screenplay rather than, like I said, School of Rock, which is a, seems like a formulaic comedy the way it was advertised that we look at. It. But it's really like all of the struggles are within the kids, okay? It's not like mm-hmm. he's a bad teacher. He's actually motivating them and listening to them and telling them, okay, you could play this or you could do that. Okay, so you can't sing, but we'll have you do this. And you know, and the kids, mm-hmm. it's all their internal struggles that, you know, that are holding them back, their lack of confidence. So this one, yeah, it's this, there's clear good guy, bad guy, you know, conflict and, you know, good guy wins in the end. So that's, that's all there really is to it. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. So then he, he, you know, steps down from being the king because he can't, you know, handle the, or he doesn't want the. He he just knows he's not right for the role, right? Um, and then, but also he, he knows um, he has an out because he's going to announce that uh, Peter O'Toole is actually the rightful right. heir to the exactly. throne. Exactly. Yeah. So I think the climax um, at Parliament is fitting. It's a very fitting conclusion, and I think it sets everything right. I think from the you didn't like the harpsichord scene, but I would say from the dinner scene on. So like the last half hour of the movie, there's nothing. I don't think the movie takes a bad step. In any direction, okay. The climax of Parliament, par, uh, uh, Parliament is fitting, and uh, I, it does tie in that he made a deal with the King of Zambezi. So all that, oh, we thought he did such a bad job, embarrassing us uh, when when he met the uh, right. African so king. he it all comes together, and he actually the king liked him, and they made cut a deal. So he did end up helping England uh, with the jobs. Right, because in, you know, in, in place of the offshore drilling, he then instead it, they're going to make the engines for the cars right. that they're going to make. That they're going to make. So, in so Africa, that's yeah. that's his way of kind of you know mending that mistake, rectifying the, um, yeah, his mistake, rectifying yeah, yeah the mistake there. Um, and then uh, so then he gets and, you know he he gets Peter Peter O'Toole then takes over as king. And Ralph then um, becomes Duke. Because he thinks about going uh, back to America, and then he convinces him to stay on as a Duke, and uh, yeah. he also promises him a recording studio in his house. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. And then uh, the, the, the movie ends with um, Ralph covering Duke of Earl, yeah. and he's got his own little band. Um, Ralph and the Duquettes. Ralph and the Duquettes, yeah. And, <laughs> and he does his um, singing there, yeah. yeah. I guess you could tell it was uh, maybe written for Bill Murray also there, because wasn't Bill Murray, one of his things on SNL was the lounge singer. So he could have yeah. brought in that shtick, you know, into this mm-hmm. movie, possibly. Yeah, Duke of Earl um, it was a cover of a song by Gene Chandler, another song that I like. Mm-hmm. Um so I did like that song at the mm-hmm. end and you know, you find out he has a kid now with yep. Miranda. So he's, you know, and that's, it's all, that's all happily it ever after. Yeah. I mean, to me, this movie yeah. works as a modern day fairy tale. If it was a woman, okay. It would have been more like a Disney princess, you know, nineties version coming to life. I like how his mm-hmm. character changes. I think the ending monologue he gives at parliament where he outs John Hurt and, you know, apologizes and then, 
you know, makes tries to make amends for it. I think it's very apt. I think it's fitting. I think it's very heartfelt. I believed it was genuine with his character. So I believed his character. I cared enough about his character and Peter O'Toole's character to be invested in this movie, uh, even though it wasn't, you know, certainly not a serious type of movie to really be invested in. Um, I liked his friendship and working uh, relationship with Cedric, Peter O'Toole. I thought they both complemented each other very well, and they both learned from each other. I like how Peter O'Toole said, you taught me how to be king. You know, to grow, to learn, to be yourself. Um, so I bought it and I cared about it and I cared about the characters. So that for me, yes, it's funny, but it's also, it's heart's in the right place. It wears its heart on its sleeve. And I liked it when I was a kid and I think it holds up now. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm with the critics on this one. I think this one was a real big mistake. Um, I, I don't think it was horrible. I was able to watch it and not hate it. Okay. However, I didn't think it was good. I thought the the funny scenes weren't funny. Like I said, there were a few times where I did laugh. Okay. Um, but I, I thought that they just, you know, I chuckled and. Yeah, see, uh, I thought the dialogue was clever. I thought the, you know, uh, I, I thought Peter O'Toole scenes were great. Yeah. However, when he wasn't in the movie, and when it was just John Goodman doing his shtick, I thought it was sometimes it worked and sometimes it didn't. Mm-hmm. Um. I, I, you know, I wasn't, I'm not big into the, you know, um, fu- big, funny, fat guy routine, which is kind of what the film was. Some um, of it. It doesn't go the Chris Farley it, it route. On it, it doesn't go the, it no, doesn't the go the Uncle time, Buck but... route as much. Um, so, no, but there yeah. were occasions. Occasions, so, yeah. yeah. So, well, the, the um, Burger King scene, I guess, might have been an occasion. Um, yeah, exactly. But I, it was also um, a little, a little shout out, uh, you know, a little bit ahead of its time, social commentary about British paparazzi. You know, taking pictures of Miranda and the king and, you know, when she, waiting for her to come out of the limo uh, when she's leaving Buckingham yeah. Palace. I mean, this was all before Princess Diana and that sort of thing. Uh, so it had some moments. Oh, another Peter O'Toole line that I didn't get to mention when he's arguing with King Ralph. You quit everything. You quit this job. You quit that job. And you quit the Bear Scouts. <laughs> he's like, you mean Cub Scouts? Yeah. <laughs> I love that line. The Bear Scouts. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um, no, I mean, like I said, it was it was it was okay. It was you know, but I, I wouldn't I wouldn't say it's a good movie. I think the critics had it right. I think there was potential here. Like I said, if he was more of a scoundrel, I think it could have been funnier. But then it would have been funnier as for adults. It would have been rated R, and it would have been a completely different. Right. Movie. Yeah. And, and this movie knew, I guess, yeah. its target audience yeah. was kids, and I, I it made money. So I'm sure a lot of families went and saw it, yeah. and kids wanted to see it because they knew John Goodman from Roseanne yeah. or whatever, and they wanted to see him in this movie. And, and I was one of those kids. I don't know if I saw this in the movie. Theater, I didn't but, see it in the theater, but um, I know I saw it young. So whether I saw it on video, I know tape I saw it or, young too. I think I, I had it on tape growing up. I don't know if we taped it off HBO or if we actually had a bought. Uh, VHS copy of it, but I think I had it on tape, and now I have it on DVD. So yeah, I, I did enjoy this movie. Yeah, um, um uh, yeah, there were the it, it. It made me think of other movies. Like I said, I thought of Dave at the end. I thought of Top Secret during the piano scene. I thought of Mr. Deeds at times. Okay, there's um, another one: a fish out of water, a guy becoming rich overnight, inheriting exactly. stuff. Yeah, okay. Um, especially with the affair pieces. This is better than Mr. Deeds, though. 
I I maybe will um, agree with you. Top I, I secret is I better. I don't like Mr. Yeah, Deeds. I don't think Mr. Deeds I, I is that. Say, I don't know which one is better, but I I didn't care. Okay, for Okay, I would say I would say this is definitely better than Mr. Deeds from what I recall. Um, I w- Top Secret is a better movie. Dave is a better movie. Prince for the most Princess part. Diaries. I thought of. I've never seen those. Movies, I've never seen Princess Diaries either. But yes, that's sort of the you know fish out of water. All yeah. of a sudden, you're plucked out of nowhere, average yes. person, to being a princess. Uh, so exactly. yeah, so that's kind of got the same thing going for it, I suppose. So I don't think it was a real big mistake. I think the critics made the mistake. Um, I will continue to defend this movie. Is it a great movie? Is it, you know, it deserved to lose at the box office to Silence of the Lambs? I'm fine with that. I agree with that. Um, it is not, it would not be, have been on my top 10 of 1991 uh, when it came out, but I do think it is a fun, enjoyable movie, and I still think on its, you know, 30 years later, there's still, it has a lot of merit to it, and and it has a lot of heart, and I think this a lot of it based seems on a novel. universal. Yes, it was based on a novel. Yes, I'm assuming loosely. <laughs> I am also because the yeah I don't think I don't yeah. know I've never heard I've heard the novel was head head headstrong I, I think or something like that. Headstrong, I think I could be wrong. Yeah, but um, but yeah, um, I'm, I'm assuming loosely based on a novel, um, but. Um, yeah, uh, you know there there's a lot of ki- movies that are geared towards kids that are just you know so dumbed down that yeah. you know parents can't even enjoy them. And you I think this was this one is of them? A movie? No, I I don't actually. Okay. Um, I, but I don't think it's good. But I think at least there were some moments where, and it's a little you know it had some more serious scenes yeah. and a more serious message I think than a lot of traditional kings mo- uh, kid, kings kids movies yeah. um I, I didn't like I said my my biggest issue was that it when it wasn't being wasn't trying when it was trying to be funny I didn't really think it was funny okay and, and I did so that's was, a big factor there yeah. for why I and, like and it and it was, why you don't yeah right and when I when it was trying to be serious I thought at times it was too serious for what this movie was who this movie was geared toward okay and but again I mean for you, I mean, if you're watching C-SPAN in high school, <laughs> how, how do you not love this movie? <laughs> I guess. I don't know. <laughs> um, so it, it makes sense why you defend this movie and why you like it as much as you do. Yeah, I'm not someone um, who's obsessed with British royalty or anything like that. I did pick it because it was just, it was in the news. You couldn't avoid, you know, what they had said. And this is a similar situation where... An American is now in the royal family, and they want out, and it's there's a lot of parallels. Okay, I'm. I, but yeah. you you always liked this movie, so so that's why it was in my mind. Just, if I didn't like it, I wouldn't right. have picked it. It wouldn't. I wouldn't. All this Meghan Markle you know, stuff happened. It it wouldn't have popped in my head. Okay, but because I then yeah maybe I'd be thinking of something else. But I, I don't know. But well, listen, we all have nostalgic movies yeah. that we've liked. Or grown up liking, right. and and we like them, and and know that okay, they're not the best movies, and I understand why people don't like them, but I like them, yeah. and I'm gonna try to get other people to like them, and honestly, that's kind of what this podcast is based on. Okay, that, yeah, yeah, <laughs> that yeah. idea. Okay, yeah. um, so this was a perfect a movie comedy, to choose for that. Exactly, okay. I agree with you that for for you, this right. is the uh, perfect movie for you to choose because it's a movie that you know you don't agree with the critics, right. and you. Well, you know, make can make a, a good argument for. And I'm life. sure it helps that I saw it at a young age, and it stuck with me. So yeah, a hundred percent. I think anyone that sees this movie today, 
going in uh, can't possibly enjoy it as much as like you said someone who saw it even with everything going on in the news even i i don't know if you're into british politics which it seems everyone in america is at least a week Uh, ago or two weeks ago they were so that was why you know i i I haven't seen the Oprah interview, but I, you know, you just you go to any news website, you're gonna see you know headlines about it. So uh, yeah. it's tough to avoid that sort of thing. Um, mm-hmm. so. Um, yeah. So um, all right. Well, you know, this is one of those ones where we'll have to agree to agree disagree. to disagree. Um, I don't think it was a real big mistake. I stand by. The critics were a little too harsh with this one, and I think it succeeds at what it was trying to do for the most part. Um, all right. So, I mean, and my, my movie that I'm going to pick for next time is, is similar in terms of, um, similar in terms of it's a movie I liked, uh, growing up and I don't know if you've ever seen it. Uh I have a feeling you didn't. Did not. Okay. Are you going to announce it now? Because you definitely, you made up your mind. I'll I'll announce it. Yeah, I'll announce it at the end. I just want before, so before I do that, is there anything else you wanted to share about this movie or anything else that we didn't get to? No, we touched on everything I I wrote down. You covered all your notes. We touched on everything I wanted to say. Um, Yeah, and I like how we were both on the same page that we weren't sure about this guy. And if they made him a real true scoundrel, then you would have had bad Santa in Buckingham Palace, okay, right. and I think that which, could have which worked, is a different, but kind a of completely worked, yeah. different kind of movie. Like I said, 1991, Andrew Dice Clay was a budding movie star at that time. So I thought, what if they took this horrible comedian out of Brooklyn instead of going to a you know, lounge singer from Vegas, and they brought him back, and he's just and he's that persona is really who he is, and he's just destroying everything in Buckingham Palace and having women and parties and drugs and all sorts of craziness. But and that but would have been a totally think- different movie. Don't you think it would have been so much more meaningful at the end when Peter O'Toole gets him to? If there was even a redemption, if there, well, I guess there was a redemption in Bad Santa. So yeah, because I would be thinking if this guy's, oh my god, this guy's so bad, let's just kill him, let's get rid of him. Like you know, they could have maybe. Well, then that's a completely different thing altogether. But (laughs) if if they were able to redeem someone who was, you know, uh, you know bad mouth and gambling yeah. and brought gambling into and, the palace and, or something, and you know women I mean? everywhere women, and just like, yeah, like wolf of exactly. wall street in buckingham palace okay you know yeah, drugs, so you right, drugs exactly. and women and partying non-stop and you know, loud rap music or rock music or whatever right and, you know, and yeah. now that not not duke of earl that's... not duke of earl okay yeah so right and now that we're talking like that maybe like that's one of the reasons why emotionally i wasn't as impacted okay. because he wasn't a bad guy. Like, what were the biggest things you had to turn around? Okay, he couldn't eat fast food, and he couldn't see the woman that he wanted to see. And I guess this movie was trying to be a ro- it was trying to be a romance. The, ro- the the romantic story was a driving plot point, as well as the John Hurt trying to get him plot point. So, right. Yeah. Yeah. Um. All right. Yeah. So that's 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 it for that's this. That one. we King agree Ralph. to disagree on King Ralph. <laughs> yep. And and that's okay. Um. But again, you know, like I said, as a kid, I remember not hating this movie. I don't know how much I liked it, but like as a kid, how, how you know, unless it's some movie that you're, you know, some love story or something that your parents are forcing you to watch or something like that, yeah. like you pretty much, if it's a kid's movie, you like it. Yeah, <laughs> you know I suppose. I mean? like, yeah, I suppose. It, to varying degrees, but you, 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 there's not that many kids' movies that when you're a kid that you're like, oh, I never want to watch that again. Yeah. You know? But, um, all right. Anyway, so. All right, so we'll move on from King Ralph, and so next week I'm going to bring it 
to the eighties. Okay, back to the eighties. Back to the eighties. So we've 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 jumped around decade wise all over. I don't. Did we do any seventies yet? I don't we. Think we I don't think we have. No. What's the oldest movie that we've done so far? Eighty nine Burbs. That's the oldest one. Okay, so eighty nine Burbs. The newest is definitely Gatsby. Uh, right, and then yeah, because Predator was ninety. Um, Doctor Moreau was ninety six. Um, Indy Indy was two thousand eight. Okay. Um, what was the one you chose after a Predator? Yeah, I did. So, yeah. Well, I did Mumford. That was ninety nine. So Mumford, yeah. Okay. Yeah, Mumford, so yeah, the yeah, oldest so. one we've done. Yeah. I see. I thought because Rich is such an eighties movie guy, I thought we'd have done at least one more eighties movie. Uh, well, a lot of the eighties movies I I like that are not um well that did not do well with critics are comedies right. and, and you know we don't want to do too many comedies in a yeah, row we'll save those for this... when we really can't think of something and then we'll pull <laughs> i'm thinking of a few titles that i don't want to mention because i might want to use them or you want you know might want to use them in a future podcast but yeah, yeah. well the next the one i'm going to do is 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 a comedy although i i think it's more than just a comedy um i think it has a lot of heart um at least from what I remember. I haven't seen this movie in a while, so this might be a situation where I may, as adult me, may think that the critics are right um, for for not liking this movie. Um, but it's the 1986 film Short Circuit. I have never seen Short Circuit. Oh, you are in for <laughs> I have never seen it. Okay. <laughs> I've heard about You're it. You're familiar with I it. I have never. I. It's about a robot that comes to life or something like that. Something along those lines. Okay. I have never seen it. But all right. I am very... All right. I can't wait to talk about an 80s movie you have never... This might be the first one you've never seen. Yeah. That's right. Right? I think so. Yeah. So, I Ooh. yeah. I guess I've never seen... Uh, yeah, I've never seen Short Circuit. So, I've never seen that. It, it, I've never seen Batteries Not Included. I get them confused. But I know a lot of my friends had seen them. And completely them. different. They are? Okay. All right. Yeah. Um, I, 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 uh, yeah, there's, there's one kind of loose connection to this movie and you probably might not think of it, but maybe you will. Um, but that's not why I chose it. I I chose it because I I was just researching movies and, and, and that has a low score on Rotten Tomatoes. Well, it's rotten. Yeah. So, all right. So, uh, so, all right. So. That that's next week. Let's go back to King Ralph real quick. What what would uh, PanandSlam.com give King Ralph? Three stars. Three out of four. Three. A solid, yes. Oh, a solid wow. a solid B B plus. Yeah, I definitely like this movie. Oh my goodness. Three stars. I bet you if you ran a list of every movie you've given three stars for, that has to be the weakest. No, no way. Oh, I'm I'm sure there's worse oh, movies that goodness. I've given three stars to. Yeah, <laughs> really? No. Oh, yeah. I like. Uh, no, I All definitely right. think King Ralph is a good movie. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm looking at my my uh, DVD collection now. There's a couple of James Bond movies that are definitely worse than that. Uh, there's a couple of Godfather. That you've given three stars to? Probably, possibly. The Godfather Three. I own that, but that's just because it came with the set. But that's worse than King Ralph. Um. Yeah. Uh, right. I'm just saying movies you've given three stars to. Oh, I'm not saying it's the worst movie. There own, probably but. are, but I, I, I like King. I would give it three stars. I would say it's a good movie for what it is. Uh, could it have been better? Sure. But it, by better, we're talking about a completely different movie. 
we're talking about either. No, any, I agree. Yeah, I agree. you know, it's just a, just a kind of like a two man show between him and Peter O'Toole, uh, or we're talking about bad Santa. You know, pretty much mm-hmm. like a really awful guy, and maybe he learns, maybe he doesn't. Uh, kind of scenario. So, yeah. Well. Like I said, it's good for what it is, but for what it is, is is more of a kids based movie and and not good enough to recommend to anybody. Not not okay. good enough for me to recommend. All right, and I would so. recommend it. So, all right. all right. Well, then that's it for King Ralph. We'll see. Uh, we'll we'll next time we'll have uh, a good discussion on short circuit. Short circuit. I'm looking forward yes. to that. Okay. And uh, yeah, so I guess all right. So uh, yeah, you can find us on um, Twitter. And Instagram at Real Big Mistakes, R E E L Big Mistakes. Um, so give us a, a follow and um, um, you know rate and review this podcast, and um, you know share it with your friends and and you know give us some more listeners. All right, and uh, you could check out all my reviews on uh, and podcasts on PanandSlam.com. You could follow me on Twitter at Jason K Critic. And, uh, yeah, uh, we'll, I'll sign off with that. So, uh, yeah, live long, prosper, and watch movies. All right, and thanks for hanging with us. Bye.